Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hello and welcome to Calgary's podcast with Mario Tonaguzzi, a time where we talk to entrepreneurs across the city and across the province who make things happen. Joining me today is Lisa Marks, who is the owner of Brand Alive. Thanks for joining us today, Lisa. Oh, it's my pleasure. Nice to meet you virtually, which is just the way of the world right now. It sure is. <laughs> well, let's start by just telling me a little bit, um, Lisa, about uh, Brand Alive, what uh, what it is and what it does. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Brand Alive is a business I started, uh, I incorporated in late 2018 and really rolled up my sleeves and started working on it early 2019 after about a decade of experience in the live events industry. Um, so my specialty, my sweet spot is end-to-end full turnkey event management and production, uh, specifically supporting corporations. Um, my, my ultimate sweet spot is on employee facing. So employer brand events that really ignite a powerful feeling in the employee base and, and, uh, use events to fulfill a strategy. Um, a bunch of the work that I do is also external because that's just sort of a natural cadence in events um, and some some private with some private families as well. Um, I spent much of my career on the brand side as head of events for, uh, I'm sure, a known corporation, Shaw Communications, uh, very close to my heart and was able to come in and really build the events agency inside of Shaw. And that's where I got my I, I sort of say I got a mini MBA while working there. I learned my chops in in building things, being an entrepreneur, even from the inside. Um, and prior to that, I had five or six years of agency experience. So similar to the ad agency world, but on the event management side, um, with my fresh business bachelor of commerce degree in hand, I got a job at an agency to start my career, moved to the brand side. And then now today I run Brand Alive. So tell me just uh, where you're at these days, obviously, with uh, the chaos that's around us uh, caused by the pandemic. Yeah, it is a very, very challenging time in my industry. To say that we've been turned upside down and backwards would be an understatement. Um, There is a lot of pain in my industry around the world. It's no question that we were amongst the very first to get shut down, and we will likely be the amongst the last of the industries to come back. Now, there's a lot of opinions in there. I have my own about, you know, we're seeing restaurant and hospitality come back, which is wonderful. I believe in let's get those industries going. Um, But certainly some lessons there and event professionals on my side can bring events back safely. We're just not at that point yet. Um, So so um, it's a challenging time. My business is micro by design. So I can uh, I've been able to get through the months. No problem. you know, what I really learned, um, I had sort of an aha moment for myself was, um, you know, watching what was happening around the world. If you have a, I'll call it value proposition problem before something like a pandemic, which is so unprecedented, um, it's going to be really hard to keep your business the same as it was pre-pandemic, during and post-pandemic. Um, so I feel uh, very self-assured and, and fortunate that I'm clear on what value I bring and my collective brings. And so we've been able to, to maintain some work. Um, no doubt it is much less work than we were used to in Q4 of last year. Um, but fortunately I can say I'm doing just fine. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned greatly about the future of my industry. I'm also 
greatly excited. I'm sort of an optimist by nature. I believe that there's opportunity in this and you know, it's our job to roll up our sleeves and create what's next. There is no government around the world that is going to create it for us in terms of my industry. So, um, you know, there's opportunity too. So you're, um, you're still holding some events. Yeah. So, uh, certainly number one priority is playing inside of the guidelines that the Alberta government and whatever government uh, that you're working in has outlined. It is, you know, not a good practice to try to push those limits. Um, so certainly the restrictions are there and there's not much we can do about that. Um, but inside the restrictions, you know, there's opportunity to be creative about what's possible. Um, safety first. And then once we know we've got some safeguards, uh, we can bring some creativity to the table. So, you know, I spent my spring uh, re-strategizing on projects that were supposed to take place this fall. So, of course, they're for the most part not. Um, and then when we had a moment to breathe, our clients were ready to talk about what might be possible in the fall from a virtual or hybrid standpoint. So virtual is just like this, typically, um, you know, either a two-way experience or a one-way viewing experience that is as immersive as possible. Um, hybrid means you've got some people in a room and you've got some people viewing in from home or wherever they're viewing in from. Um, so we got to play with that a little bit. Uh, and I will say, you know, the majority of the work we're doing as well is about what's possible in 2021 and beyond. Well, it's funny how you adapt, right? Because uh, I, I was uh, uh, just experiencing that myself just recently. I'm, uh, I'm part of a fundraiser uh, that happens every year, and uh, it's a typical sit-down dinner, right, and drinks, etc. So this year it was different, and uh, it was a virtual event that I, I'm an EMC for every year. So it was a virtual event, and uh, we did a scotch tasting and uh and uh, charcuterie thing, uh, and uh, we had some uh, just entertainment and, and stuff. Uh, so yeah, you, I guess you just have to adapt to the times, right? Absolutely, and you know, great point about um, nonprofits and fundraisers. I believe that that is the most challenging one. You know, the, to recreate a gala and a virtual experience and think about the five senses is super smart and on the easier list of things to do. There's still logistical execution, but the really challenging part is. Uh, igniting the emotion in the in the participant or the viewer to then result in giving in the moment um, and have a really clean and easy way mechanism for giving in the moment is proving to be a challenge. So I hope if there's any virtual platform listeners, if you create a, if you create platforms for a living, please create something that ignites uh, the desire to give to charities. Because I think that's the gap in the market right now. Well, for event planners, obviously, uh, the busiest time of the year usually is December with Christmas parties, I would presume, right? What's your feel? I, I, ob uh, obviously, it ain't going to happen this year, right? Yeah. So, you know, you look at Cal Calgary used to be Canada's, you know, head office city. So when I was starting in the industry back in 07, 08, 09, you know, obviously there was the crash in there, but the corporate Christmas party was standard, you know, a couple thousand people in a room and it's beautifully designed and it's, it's got great purpose. Like that is how you ignite an employee base is to give back in that way and a really great experience. Um, the numbers don't allow for it right now. Um, so, you know, you'll, you very well may see some corporations that can host an indoor event for less than 50, if that's the numbers that allow it. So small, medium businesses, or perhaps client hosting instead of employees or doing it by teams and departments, that's a great strategy. Um, but we will see a lot of corporations go to a virtual model, whether it's a lighthearted virtual concert. Um, you know, the nice thing about virtual is you can tap into talent around the world um, at a very different price point. So that's a win, right? 
Um, but yeah, in-person events are, are just challenging right now. What we're seeing in a lot of conversations is the importance of, okay, if we can't host an employee only, only event, you know, adults only, what do we do for the families? That is really what people get in their hearts about the company is if the company hosts something for the entire family, typically children under the age of 18. So we're seeing a lot of drive-through concepts. You can pull up to, you know, the event and navigate a bunch of great experiences. You get a great little box to take away and a gift from Santa. Um, you know, that can be as immersive as it can be. So uh, we're seeing some ingenuity, which is what, you know, which is what you hope for. In the perfect world, in the normal world, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious about what makes an event uh, successful. And and uh, and truth be known, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I have a certificate from Mount Royal in public relations. And and one of the classes I remember taking was event planning. Uh, and uh, I always remember in that class talking about how you got to get your parking right and you got to get you know, the access uh, to the facility uh, right. Um, uh, so can you talk a little bit about what are some of the key elements that as an event uh, planner that you have to have right uh, to make it a good event? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm glad. That's that's fantastic. You took that course. I know a lot of people that take it. I probably know the teachers that, that taught you. We're all good friends in the industry, but it's a great course. So, you know, I believe in building strategy for the event first before getting into planning and execution. All of your decisions in terms of the event should ladder up into an overall strategy. There's purpose behind every decision. I was friends with an architect who was in architect school when I was in business school. And I remember him saying to me, when you're building a home or design, when you're architecting a home, there is no less than 300,000 questions you will ask yourself as an architect, no less than that. It's like this over here, this or this, that. Okay, great. Now this is five new questions about that. Yeah. It's the same in events. So every question you ask yourself should be supported and bolstered by the overall strategy. So I just always like to answer this question by saying, ensure that there's a consultant or a strategist at the table. If you have a project and you just don't know what the clear path is, that's great strategy. Then when we're talking about design of the experience, you're absolutely right. First impressions go a long way and it starts even before you pull up to the curb. Um, really beautiful, elegant, clear communications, well-written copy um, that is both exciting and clear um, is really important. So we have a communication strategist on, on our, in our, in, in my collective that I, typically always have look at things in the event because they see things through a very different lens. Um, so really clear communications up front, managing expectations. And then, you know, if you're looking at an outdoor event in pre-COVID world, when we're going to festivals and, um, you know, outside in big grounds is people will very rarely forgive you, the planner, if you've messed up bar lines and if you've messed up washroom lines. Those are the two things that are really hard to recover from. And it's, you know, the testament of a great planner knows that, the right ratio is more washroom stalls for women than for men. That is just a human science um, <laughs> that we don't even need to explain any further. Uh, you know, for, for me, I believe, <laughs> how to say it? For me, I believe in elegant design. Like I think less is more and I love really thoughtful, clean, um, physical design in the room. So we're not seeing any rough edges. Everything's really thoughtful. I like to use the word elegant. User-friendly, which means, you know, you want humans to walk into the space and just feel consistent from how they felt all day or feel not anxious about unsure of where they're going. Uh, you know, there's a lot of human psychology and understanding how the brain operates and reacts to things, um, at least on a general level in, in, in our industry. So, you know, we, we, we look a lot at how will humans navigate the room and 
you know, then if we know our priorities based on the strategy, we design around that. Yeah. So what's um, your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? I, I love and have loved over the last year and a half the um, control over my time. Um, I operate best in terms of my brain power from 5.30 in the morning until about 1.30 or 2 o'clock. Um, and I loved my job at Shaw. I loved working corporate in-house. I worked in sort of a bullpen environment with the media team and external affairs. And it was just powerful to be on that team. But you are regimented to, you know, when the majority of your executive team is in the building, that's when you're there to, you know, you have to show up and be present and be functioning. And I just really listen to my body and I work really well in the early hours. I love working in the dark. Um, and then, you know, I like to let my brain just be kind of lightly creative in the afternoon. Um, so I've really enjoyed the time, the management of my own time and, and, you know, the it's like play to your strengths and capitalize on when you are the smartest and brightest and most high functioning. Um, and I feel like been able to do that. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. What's uh, your least favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? This has happened a couple of times, but I, I lay in bed at night with financial worries. Um, you know, I'm a numbers person. Uh, so I feel the weight of the world in terms of, you know, we're good for the next three quarters, three and a half quarters. Um, and there's always conversations from a sales perspective happening, you know, in the queue out of the funnel. But, you know, then your brain is starts to get trained to think about what's the fourth quarter, fifth, sixth beyond that. Um, and so, you know, falling into the negativity bias, which is worrying about what might not happen. Um, I'm an optimist by nature, but I, but, you know, the weight of the, the financial woes on your shoulders as an owner just is a part of it. And I guess that's kind of amplified now, right? Because of the times where we're in for every entrepreneur. For every entrepreneur, and you know, I have a very global lens in the industry. I sit on the board of governors of the International Live Events Association. I've been a leader in Canada for a decade, and now I sit on the board of governors. And so I have a lens into how people are feeling in terms of event profs around the world. And there is so much worry, and it's all valid. And, um, you know, a lot of it is about can the business survive when your bleed rate, you know, large, large businesses and, uh, in my industry carry a lot of product. It sits on the shelf. And just like hotels with beds that you have to sell every night, otherwise it's lost revenue. It's the same goes for event gear or rentals or decor. And so, you know, I really feel for those businesses that are having to grieve what was. And I think we've gone through that process, um, but but also roll up their sleeves and decide what might be next for them. So that's a painful process, but, um, you know, we're getting through it. So uh, what do you do uh, uh, in your personal time uh, in terms of interests uh, to get, maybe get your mind off of all that stuff? Yeah, it's a great question. I, um, when I'm in project mode, my, you, know, you probably know how this is. Like your brain just is, it's the, the physical act of slowing your brain down and turning it off is challenging. So um, I love group fitness. It was turned off for a couple months during COVID. And it certainly looks different now, but there's a place up the street that I love to work out at. So I'm there probably daily. It's super safe. They've managed it really well, but I'm learning to run. Um, so I'm, I'm really enjoying that. So I run in my class as part of one of the activities we do. And then I've taken to teaching myself how to run on the road. So I'm enjoying that. I'm going to see if I can run in the winter and brave the cold. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and, uh, I, like I mentioned, I'm a volunteer leader in the industry. And so I do spend a significant amount of time 
uh, working on projects for the industry with some of my best friends that I love to collaborate with. And, you know, we have that in common and we like to do good work. So I do spend, you know, some, some time in my spare time on that. Okay. One last question for you, Lisa. Um, you know, if you're talking to your fellow entrepreneurs out there, what's the best piece of advice you'd give them uh, for the times that they're in right now? Yeah, I would say uh, know thyself. So find a way to explore inside of yourself in terms of what's important to you, what do you value, and what are your strengths. Get arrogant and excited about it and understand it and then play to those strengths. There's so much to be said about looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I can be in the driver's seat of this situation. I just have to put myself there. No government is going to give us the exact solution that's going to save us all. No bank is going to give us enough money to save all of us in our own respective businesses. We have to do it ourselves. And that takes confidence and self-love and, and self-actualization. So I, you know, if, I would encourage you to spend some time away in the mountains, in the quiet, if you need to, to really come, come back to yourself and start the journey there. I, I like a, a glass of scotch. That helps me. <laughs> well, I'm a big red wine drinker, so you and I can hop on. I feel like scotch and wine are great late night conversational drinks, so I hear you on that. You know, when, uh, it's funny when you say that because I uh, there's two things, that, you know, obviously wine and, and scotch for me, but but the outdoors. So I find that, you know, when, when I'm just like everybody else, I'm an entrepreneur myself, I just find that you know what? A, a nice uh, glass sitting outside and, uh, you know, where the trees are, et cetera, is really helpful. Oh, good. That's great advice. And I uh, lean into that advice many times a week as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Well, thanks, Lisa, for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Best of luck with everything you're doing. And let's see each other on the other side. Okay, you bet. That was Lisa Marks, uh, who is owner of Brand Alive in Calgary. This has been Calgary's podcast with Mario Taniguzzi on Canada's Podcast Network.